Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is! Drawing board or... Miro! Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the December 30th episode, the NFL Week 17 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. The road to 272 bets is coming to a close. We only have 32 bets remaining, 16 games this week, 16 games next week. We're coming to the end of it. I apologize for having this episode out late uh, this week with no Thursday night game, uh, and I had a little bit of a hectic week. Uh, I did all my notes last night, uh, but I decided to record this morning, because by, by the time I was done writing my notes last night, it's a little bit longer with all 16 games and no bye weeks. I was exhausted, so... Uh, I apologize for that. It's coming out this afternoon. Um, I'm recording this uh, Thursday morning instead of Wednesday night, so I have all my bets locked in. Last week, we unfortunately missed out on the win song again, 8-8, minus .37 units, so that brings my total road to 272 record to 136, 103, one push for plus 28.84 units. So we are still doing fantastic. And last week, the rare occasion, I hit all five of my best bets. Went 5-0 with my best bets last week. So for those of you who just tail those, you had a pretty good week. Um, let's take a look quickly at how I did last week. I want to take a look at a few games here. So last week, started off with the 49ers and the Titans on Thursday Night Football. Um, I then had to stick my foot in, foot in my mouth as the Titans, who I've been calling frauds all season, beat the team that I was just talking about being a good dark horse Super Bowl bet. So <laughs> that wasn't ideal. Uh, Cardinals, I got a lot to say about the Cardinals later on when I get to their pick. That was a disappointing loss. Uh, betting Saints minus three last week, and then the next day hearing that Ian Book was starting and the line completely flipped six points, uh, wasn't ideal. Going into an Ian Book start, having uh, laying points on Ian Book is not ideal, uh, and that obviously <laughs> obviously didn't work out. I uh, hit my money line underdog again. It was Bills. It wasn't a big one, plus 115 against the Patriots, but that hit. Uh, the Falcons missed by a little bit. They won but didn't cover uh, against the Lions. Uh, Cowboys is one of the easiest bets of the whole year. They just demolished the Washington football team on Sunday night. So, I, I mean, a, a, a few bad luck bets as well. We had Jaguars there. They, they What happened there? 
Also, by the way, I believe I said on record in this podcast, I think it was my NFL season preview way back in September, that I wasn't fully sold on Trevor Lawrence. I didn't see the hype. Now, to be fair, he's probably in the worst situation possible. Jacksonville just seems like the worst environment for a rookie quarterback, but he hasn't, I don't know if he's had a single good game all season. Has Trevor Lawrence had a game yet this year where we look back and we're like, oh, wow, that was a good game by him? I don't think we have. We're kind of giving him a pass because the Jaguars have been a dumpster fire organization, but still, you'd like to see at least a couple games who are like, oh, Trevor Lawrence played well. He hasn't had a single game. Even Zach Wilson's had a couple games look decent. Uh, and the Jaguars had a chance to actually beat Zach Wilson on the ball, the one-yard line, with, what, 15 seconds left. Trevor Lawrence spikes the ball on third down instead of just running a play. And then on fourth down, they got a penalty for illegal motion or something. And then, so that was a stinger of a way to lose that Jaguars bet. They needed, they had two plays to get the ball one yard, and it was a spike on the first one and a penalty on the second. So that sucked. Uh, I thought there was one other one that came down to the wire that I ended up losing as well. Chargers wasn't even close. What a shit show that game was. Uh, Rams won. Oh, the Seahawks were the other one. The Seahawks just needed to stop the the Bears, and then the Bears scored a touchdown. A huge game-winning drive led by Nick Foles, who saw that coming. So, a couple stingers, but obviously there was probably a couple ones that I got a little bit lucky on as well. So, 8-8, fine. We're down not even half a unit from this past week. Let's finish strong, though. I want to get up over 30 units for the whole season. Um, So, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. I apologize again for being out late. Rate it, review it, all that good stuff. Let's get into the NFL Week 17 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Alright, let's uh, get into the picks here. With no Thursday night game, not really going in any, any specific order. Obviously going to take the early game Sunday first and the late afternoon ones. Uh, but let's start with uh, the Raiders and the Colts. Going to take the Raiders plus 6.5, minus 103 against the Colts here. Guys, this is going to be a pretty quick episode because of this this late in the season, if you've been listening, you know what teams I like and what teams I don't uh, from a betting standpoint. And I think the Colts are being uh, overvalued in this spot. Uh, I'm going to continue to fade them. I mean, it hasn't worked out for me in recent weeks, to be fair, but, like, I don't think they're as good as a lot of people are giving them credit for. They're 14th in net yards per play. Raiders are still 6th in in, in that stat, but yet somehow the Raiders are getting 6.5 points, and we don't even know if Carson Wentz is going to start this week. Uh, Reports this morning are indicating that he might, could, maybe, Uh, but if it's not him, it's Sam Ellinger, uh, and you're going to lay 6.5 points on Sam Ellinger? Uh, and Raiders also have a pretty solid run defense because that's obviously something you have to look at when you're going to bet any game involving the Colts because Jonathan Taylor is just uh, an absolute phenom. But Raiders are 12th in opponent yards per carry, 5th in opponent yards per carry over each team's last three games, so the run defense has been even better recently. Um, and the Raiders throw the ball a ton, and that's the Colts' secondary is kind of average at best. So I, I really don't understand why the Colts are 6.5-point favorites here. I'll take Raiders... Plus six and a half. I got a minus 103 is the juice I got on that. So Raiders, my first pick. Let's move on to my Moneyline Underdog Pick of the Week. I haven't been very aggressive with these the past few weeks, but this week we are going to get aggressive. I'm going to take 
the New York Giants plus 210 against the Chicago Bears. Uh, there is really no world that exists where this Chicago Bears team should be this big of a favorite against another NFL team. They just aren't good enough. Um, especially considering how solid the Giants' defense is. I feel like people aren't giving the Giants' defense the credit they kind of deserve. Are, are, are they a top 10 unit? No. Uh, but they rank 15th in opponent yards per play, 10th in oppon- opponent yards per pass attempt. If the Giants' offense can find like any level of success in this game... I think its defense is, is going to do its job enough to make this game a winnable one. Two garbage teams. We're getting a lot of value on the money line on the underdog. I'm going to take a shot. As far as the quarterback for the Giants, they've come out and said that they're going to play both Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm, and I don't really know how that's supposed to work. Uh, Two-quarterback system, that'll be interesting, but I certainly hope that they play uh, Mike Glennon a lot more than Jake Fromm because Jake Fromm has looked absolutely terrible when he's been in there, but uh, Glennon will make like one good throw a quarter. So that might be enough. So my big underdog money line pick this week, Giants plus 210 against the Bears. Buccaneers and Jets, I am going to lay the points with the Buccaneers. I got the minus 13 at minus 115. I, I, like, I think if the Bucs didn't get shut out by that Saints team two weeks ago, the argument could be made that this might be an overlooked spot for them, um, that they would just overlook the Jets. I don't think that's going to happen because I think they kind of had that scare two weeks ago to New Orleans where now they're just going to take every game seriously the rest of the way out. Um, and don't forget, Tom Brady is obviously very familiar with the Jets, obviously different coaching system, but still. Uh, and the Jets' secondary ranks among the worst in the NFL this season. 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt, giving up an average of 7.6 yards per throw. And now they face... The greatest quarterback of all time, it makes me feel sick to my stomach when I say that, but it's kind of hard to deny at this point, and the defending Super Bowl champs. It's under the, uh, the mark of two touchdowns. If it's over 14 points, I'd probably go Jets, but at 13, I will lay the points. Give me the Buccaneers, minus 13, uh, minus 115. Another big spread this week, Jaguars, Patriots, and this spread actually keeps climbing. It's climbed a point from last night to uh, when I locked my bets this morning. Jaguars Patriots this is the one I am going to take the points on this one I'll <laughs> it sucks but I'll take Jaguars plus 16 and a half at minus 110 I mean that the, the Patriots have have the right players uh the right coaching to challenge and beat any team in the NFL on any given night but let's not pretend like the Patriots are like a league powerhouse like people thought they were a few weeks ago their offense still average at best 16th in yards per play 13th and third down offense 22nd red zone offense they're obviously certainly better than the Jaguars, but are they better enough to be 16.5-point favorites? I don't think so. I think those kind of spreads should be kind of saved for the true powerhouses of the league, and I just don't think the Patriots are one of those. The Jaguars' defense has actually gotten better in recent weeks, at least relatively. Their season average in opponent yards per play is 5.6, but they've only allowed 5 yards per play over the last three games, so the Jaguars' defense has gotten a little bit better recently. It's certainly an ugly bet to make. Uh, and I might feel stupid like quarter and a half into the game and the Patriots are already up 21-0. But I think it's too many points here. I'll take Jaguars plus 16.5. Now before we move forward, a uh, quick look, little ad read here. Uh, knuckleheads. NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles are lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. Listen to the Knuckleheads podcast as they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. Named for the on-court celebration they made wildly popular, this unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising podcast is like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. 
<laughs> Guess this season, though. Uh, seriously, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan. Fantastic podcast. Check it out, especially if you like NBA, hosted by uh, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. And those are some all-star guests on there. So check that out, the Knuckleheads podcast. All right, back to the picks. Um, we got another big spread. I'm just kind of knocking these big spreads out of the way here early. Bills and Falcons. I told you, I mean, I've told you guys already last week I'm taking the Bills here. Um, I, I've been saying it for a while now. The Falcons are going to beat bad teams, cover sometimes, but when they play a good team, they get blown out and it's not even close. So I tweeted this stat out last night. If you haven't seen it, it's it's it kind of shows what I'm talking about here. The Falcons, against teams who currently hold a winning record as of right now, the Falcons went 0-6 straight up and against the spread against them with a point differential of minus 145. <laughs> so they've played six games so far against teams who currently, as of this week, hold a winning record. Uh, let's see if I can remember them. Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots, Buccaneers twice, and the 49ers. Those are their six opponents that they've faced this year that uh, currently have a winning record as of right now heading into Week 17. And the Falcons are 0-6 straight up and against the spread against them. And they have a point differential of minus 145. So they're, lo- they're losing to teams with a winning record by an average of... I'm just going to whip out my calculator here. This is great podcasting. 145 divided by 6. They're losing to teams with a winning record by an average of 24.16 points. Uh, Yeah, I will not be backing the uh, (laughs) the Falcons here. (laughs) Hey, credit to them. They beat bad teams. Uh, They beat the Lions last week. Didn't uh, cover the spread, but they beat bad teams, but just get blown out of the water against good teams. And the Bills, statistically, are still the best team in the NFL, in my opinion, statistically. I know there are other factors, but those other factors we can't necessarily measure. But the factors that we can measure, uh, they're the best team in the NFL. First in net yards per play, the Falcons are 25th. They just have too many weapons, too, too, too much skill, too good of a quarterback, too good of a defense. My final score prediction in this game is going to be 38-6. to So Bills minus 4. <laughs> keep that in mind. 38-6 to is going to be the final score in that game. Bills minus 14.5, minus 105 against the Falcons. Next up, Panthers, Saints. Uh, I'm just going to take the Panthers here. I got it at plus 6.5 at minus 110. Uh, I mean, what are we going to How are the Saints 6.5 point favorites? Two just trash offenses and two very good defenses. So I kind of just want to take the under. Uh, but I have, to- I have PTSD from betting on totals this season. I don't think I'm going to bet on another totals the rest of the way out until the Super Bowl. We'll revisit totals next season. I've been so bad with them. Uh, but I mean, two trash offenses, two good defenses. I'll take the team getting the points here. I guess I'll take the six and a half. Um, no offense has been worse over each team's last three games in the Saints. Dead last in yards per play over each team's last three games. Carolina is not much better, but I'm not going to lay six and a half points on a team that averaged only four yards per play over their last three games. I assume one of the two other quarterbacks are going to be starting. I assume it's not going to be Ian Book. But still, six and a half points. Too many uh, for me. I'll just, I mean, it's a trash game. I'll take the team getting six and a half points. So Panthers plus six and a half, minus 110. Eagles against Washington. I will take the Eagles minus three, minus 120. Uh, I would like to formally apologize to Eagles fans for betting against them last week. Uh, That's my bad. They've been my betting darling all season. I betrayed them last week, and I deservedly lost because of that. I will not make the same mistake again. Instead, 
I will continue to fade Washington because they are now fourth last in net yards per play. They have shown their true colors. Remember a few weeks ago when they were on like a three or four game winning streak and people were praising them? They've stunk since then uh, because their underlying statistics were never good and their record eventually caught up. That's what happens. Um, by the way, if you want to know the worst teams in net yards per play as of right now, I'll list them off starting from the bottom. We got Texans, Jets, Lions, Washington, Steelers, Jaguars, Bears, Falcons, Ravens. The Eagles, fifth from the top. Best teams in net yards per play. Bills, Rams, Bucks, 49ers, Eagles. Credit to Nick Sirianni, man. If you remember, I bet on him to win Coach of the Year. I think it was after week two, maybe. Or I mean, might might have even been like right after they beat the Falcons week one. But it was early in the season. I placed a bet on him to win Coach of the Year. He's not going to win it now. Um, but he does deserve some credit. This Eagles roster on paper isn't great. But he's been making the most of the talent he has. And even more importantly... He devises game plans and schemes to work to his team's strengths, which we see so many coaches refuse to do. A.K.A. Matt Nagy is probably the clearest example of a coach who refuses to build schemes and game plans, or he's just not smart enough to do it uh, to play to his players' strengths. Instead, he tries to fit uh, square blocks into round holes. Nick Sirianni, because if you remember in the first few games, they were throwing the ball a ton. I was screaming into my microphone, telling him to run the damn ball because they were good at running the ball. Well, now the Eagles are first in the NFL in rush play percentage. Literally nobody runs the ball more than them now, and we're seeing the success that, that it's led to. And their defense isn't strong on paper. They actually allow, and an interesting thing about the Eagles is that, is that they actually allow the highest completion percentage in, oh, sorry, fifth highest completion percentage in the NFL, so they actually allow passes to be completed at a fairly high rate, but they're first in the NFL in opponent yards per completion. So fifth highest opponent completion percentage, but the lowest, aka the best, in opponent yards per completion. So that means they're just keeping the ball in front of them, and they're extremely good tacklers. They're not allowing any yards after catch. Um, so we got good fun, fun, uh, fundamental football that plays to his athlete strengths. That's I'd be happy with Nick Sirianni if I was an Eagles fan. Uh, but now I've talked them up so much on this podcast, they're going to probably get blown out by Washington. But I will go down with a ship this week. I will not betray the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me Eagles minus three, minus one twenty. Uh, Chiefs, Bengals. I will go with the Chiefs minus five and a half, minus one hundred five against the Bengals. I don't love this pick. Um, I do like the Bengals. I think they are being a little bit overvalued after last week. I think we need to pump the brakes on them a little bit. They did crush that Ravens team last week, but that Ravens secondary was beyond depleted. Uh, now they take on a Chiefs team that is, I think, truly peaking at the right time, especially their defense, seventh in opponent yards per play over each team's last three games. Um, and a big reason for the Chiefs' success, and I think I mentioned this before, is their third down conversion rate. They are first in the NFL in third down conversion rate, converting 51.67% of third downs. Next best team is the Bucks at 46.7, which means they're converting 5% more third downs than the next best team. That's massive. Obviously, I don't need to explain it. If you convert on third downs, you're extending drives. You're going to extend drives, you're eventually going to get in scoring area, and that's going to lead to points. So, Chiefs. A league of their own in third down conversion rate. Bengals 17th and third down offense, 19th and third down defense. Respect to the Bengals, but I think the Chiefs are back. Uh, and in a way that's is somehow more scary than before because they seem like a more complete team now. 
Whereas the past couple years, they were very flashy. They could score 50 points on you, but they just had holes in their game, especially on defense. I don't see those holes anymore, at least recently, at least in like the last six or so weeks. I'll take Chiefs minus five and a half, minus 105. And then for this next game, um, I'm going to do what I kind of say I do in these games, and that's when two absolutely dumpster fire, garbage ass, brutal, shouldn't be in the NFL, definition of trash teams play against each other in a toilet bowl that shouldn't even be allowed on television, we will just take the team getting the points. So with that being said, give me Dolphins plus three and a half against the Titans. <laughs> you should have saw that one coming. But seriously, I mean, they, these are two teams whose defenses have been playing extremely well recently. Two offenses that don't have much firepower. I'll take the team getting the points. <laughs> Which is what I should have done last week on the Dolphins game. When the Dolphins were three-point favorites, or three-point underdogs, uh, when I was recording the episode, and then the next day they flipped to three-point favorites. Because it was the same situation as the Saints game. Two good defenses, two bad offenses. I should have just taken the team getting the points, which was Miami at the time. I'm presented with basically the same game here. I'll take Miami. Uh, sorry for calling you guys trash uh, franchises. I was just joking. Um, Rams against Ravens. Uh, Rams minus four and a half, minus 115. I don't really get this one. I don't get how the Rams are only four and a half point favorites. Second in net yards per play this season. The Ravens are 24th. Uh, but the big thing about this game, and I wrote an article at Betsider about this this week, uh, the Ravens 32nd in opponent yards per pass attempt, 32nd in opponent yards per completion, 29th in opponent average passer rating, and now they face a Rams team that is third in yards per pass attempt, second in yards per completion, and third in average passer rating. So you have um, a top three passing offense going up against the worst, I mean there's not even a competition, the worst passing defense. So I don't know how Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup don't just completely tear apart this Ravens uh, defense. How it's only four and a half points, I don't know. I mean Joe Burrow threw for 500 plus yards against them last week. The Rams I assume are going to have a similar performance. I'd set this line at Rams minus seven and a half, which is one of the bigger discrepancies between what I would set the line at and what the sports books have uh, have have the line set at this season. I, th- I mean, a three point difference is kind of aggressive, but I mean, I just how are the Ravens going to stay in this game? What are they going to do? Run the ball? Well, the Rams are third in opponent yards per carry, so like their main offensive weapon is not going to work against the Rams defense anyway. So, Rams minus four and a half, minus one fifteen. Chargers and Broncos, I would do the opposite of what I'm going to do here because if I, I'm going to add up at the end of the season what teams' games I get wrong the most. I don't know if I've been on the right side of a Chargers game all season. <laughs> if I bet on them, they lose. I bet against them, they win. So I'm going to back them this week. Chargers minus 6, minus 110, so you should probably take the Broncos. Um, I actually did kind of lean the Broncos initially, but I mean, I, I can't in good faith put money on Drew Locke. I just can't. Broncos are only getting 4.6 yards per play over their last three games. That's 27th in the NFL in that span. Chargers are 6th in that span. But the Chargers defense has been bad lately. So we have a, an offense in the Chargers that's been good going up against an offense in the Broncos that's been terrible. And we have a defense in the Chargers that have been terrible going up against a Broncos defense that's been good. So, I mean, it's what, what are we going to do? The kind of last stat that kind of made me finally go with the Chargers here was the third and third down conversion rate. Broncos are 23rd. Uh, You guys know I like those third down numbers. So I'll take Broncos minus 6, minus 110 here. Don't feel comfortable about it, though. Uh, Another big spread, 49ers-Texans. I am going to take 
The 49ers, minus 12.5, minus 110. I'm trying not to let last week's Texans game and last week's 49ers game play into this too much because when I first saw the line, my gut reaction was to take the Texans for sure. But let's 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 remember here. Texans played an A-plus game last week. 49ers played like a C-minus game. 49ers, if they're both playing like a B game, they're both playing an A game, they both play at the same level, 49ers are leagues above the Texans. And also, Rex Burkhead is not going to be running for 6.8 yards per carry against his 49ers defense like he did against the Chargers defense last week. That ain't happening. I still believe in Jimmy G. 49ers are still first in the NFL in yards per completion. Texans are 28th in opponent yards per pass attempt and 29th in opponent yards per completion. 49ers will come out and just bulldoze this Texans team, I think. Even with the big win last week, Texans dead last in net yards per play. By a mile, it's not even close. So statistically, they are still the worst team in the NFL. 49ers are fourth in net yards per play. So I would play this at anything under two touchdowns probably. I'll go 49ers, minus 12.5, minus 110. Now before we move forward, we're just going to take a quick break. And I'll be right back and we'll finish these up. Okay, we're back. Let's head to the Cardinals against the Cowboys here. I'm going to take Cardinals plus 6, minus 110. I still think they're being undervalued, same as I said last week. I'm not calling them frauds like everyone else is, but, I mean, are they as good as they were when they were the last undefeated team? No, absolutely not. But are they as bad as people think they are now after losing three straight games? No, absolutely not. They're somewhere in the middle. They're good. They're a good team, but they're not great. They're better than being six-point underdogs to the Cowboys, I think. Cardinals are actually one spot higher than the Cowboys in net yards per play. They're at plus .39 compared to the Cowboys at plus .38. So literally a hundredth of a yard better than the Cowboys. Um, But don't be fooled about this Cowboys defense either, by the way. You're hearing a lot of things about Diggs and his 11 interceptions or however many he has so far this season. Micah Parsons being defensive rookie of the year and maybe defensive player of the year. But let's be honest... They're still not a good Cowboys defense. Uh, they're, they're still not a good unit. 20th in opponent yards per play. 19th in opponent yards per pass attempt. I think the Cardinals can keep this one close. I'll take them plus 6 at minus 110. Then we got the Seahawks and the Lions. Going to go Seahawks minus 7, minus 110 here. Same thing as I said about the Texans there a couple picks ago. Don't let the Lions win a couple weeks ago and the cover against the Falcons last week fool you. They are a bad football team. Third last in the NFL in net yards per play. Seahawks are an average team. They're actually a little bit better on the record, indicates in my opinion. But they also have a stylistic advantage in this in this matchup. Um, the Ravens are last in basically almost every pass defense stat, but it's the Lions who are second last. They're like 31st in almost every single defense uh, uh, pass defense statistic. You have to think that Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett will be able to get something going against this Lions secondary. They have to. Then there's the Seahawks secondary, which is actually pretty solid. Um, sorry, Seahawks defense that is actually pretty solid. Their secondary is kind of their, a, a bit weak, but I'm not too concerned about uh, Boyle or Goff, whoever starts. I'm not too concerned about them being able to tear this defense up. But the Seahawks do have the second best run defense in the NFL in opponent yards per carry. Um, I might be an idiot for taking the Seahawks here again. Um, but not only do I think they're a half-decent team, Despite the record, I actually think they have a stylistic advantage here as well. So I'll go Seahawks, minus 7, minus 110. And then we've got the Vikings and the Packers. Sunday night football. Vikings plus 7, minus 115. I I mean, I've been saying it. I'll keep saying it. The Packers are a good football team, but they aren't as good as people think. They barely beat the Browns at home last week. 
was a two-point conversion away from losing to the Ravens with their backup quarterback the week before. They were down to the Bears at halftime the week before that. They're only ninth in the NFL in net yards per play, and most importantly, they cannot stop the run. Browns got 8.8 yards per carry against them last week. It's a miracle that they beat the Browns. I will repeat that. The Browns averaged 8.8 yards per carry against this Packers defense last week. And now you're going up against Dalvin Cook, one of the better backfields uh, in the NFL. Him and Alexander Wood at Madison. Underrated running back, by the way. Um, and Packers defense as a whole isn't really that good. 14th in just total opponent yards per play. Only one spot better and less than a tenth of a yard better than the Giants defense. So let's pump the brakes on the Packers a little bit here. I'll take Vikings plus 7, minus 115. They already beat them earlier in the year, by the way. The Vikings beat them already. I'm not going to take their money line this time. I think I might have last time, though, to be honest. Not going to this time, though. I'll just take them plus 7, minus 115. Then Monday Night Football, last game of the week. Easy, easy, easy pick, in my opinion. Browns minus 3, minus 110. I see him, I'm seeing a lot, a lot of people back the Steelers because Mike Tomlin does good as an underdog or because it's Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field, so there's a motivation factor. Screw all that. Browns minus 3, easy. Um, even though I know they did lose to the Steelers early, uh, earlier in the week, but 41.93, or earlier in the year, 41.93% of the offensive yards gained from the Browns come on the ground, and they're averaging 5.1 yards per carry, which is the best mark in the NFL. They got 8.8 yards per carry last week, and now they get to face the league's worst run defense. The Steelers are giving up an average of 4.8 yards per carry, which is last among all teams. Cleveland faced the second-worst run defense in the NFL last week. And like I said, they got 8.8 yards per carry, and now they get to face the worst run defense. And the Chiefs have kind of exploited the Steelers' offense for being as bad as they truly are. Pittsburgh ranks 28th in yards per play. I think the Browns are going to be able to run all over them, and I don't see the Steelers' offense having enough firepower to, to kind of keep up with them. So I'll go Browns minus 3, minus 110. Best bets of the week. I went 5-0 and with these last week. Let's see if I can do it again. Rams minus four and a half, Bills minus 14 and a half against the Falcons, Cardinals plus six, Vikings plus seven, Browns minus three are my five best bets, and I still have to review, I'll do the teaser first, and I'll go back and uh, review all the picks. My teaser, uh, last week it lost because one leg hit and the other leg lost because of the Bears' last second touchdown, because I teased the Seahawks down to a pick em. Uh Even if the Bears didn't convert the two-point conversion, that would have won. Uh, so that's a stinger on the teaser last week. But this week, squarest teaser imaginable. Going to take the Bucks down to minus 7 and the 49ers down to minus 6.5. So Bucks minus 7 versus Jets, 49ers minus 6.5 against the Texans for your weekly six-point teaser. Let's finish up by going through. Uh, I'll just quickly recap all the picks here, and then that'll be it. Uh, Raiders plus 6.5, minus 103 against the Colts. Giants on the money line, plus 210 against the Bears. Buccaneers, minus 13, minus 115 against the Jets. Jaguars, plus 16.5, minus 110 against the Patriots. Bills, minus 14.5, minus 105 against the Falcons. Panthers, plus 6.5, minus 110 against the Saints. Eagles, minus 3, minus 120 against Washington. Chiefs, minus 5.5, minus 105 against the Bengals. Miami, plus 3.5, minus 110 against the Titans. Rams, minus 4.5, minus 115 against the Ravens. Chargers, minus 6, minus 110 against the Broncos. 49ers, minus 12.5, minus 110 against the Texans. 
Cardinals plus 6, minus 110 against the Cowboys. Seahawks minus 7, minus 110 against the Lions. Vikings plus 7, minus 115 against the Packers. And then finally, Browns minus 3, minus 110 against the Steelers. There you have it, my friends. We've got one more week to go after this week. Let's try to get the victory song one of these last two weeks. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. I uh, love you all, whether you decide to tail the picks, fade them, make your own. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you all next week. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.